On the 2nd of July 2011, this is what Copenhagen looked like. Dead rats floated in the stormwater after a once in a thousand year kind of rain. A quarter of the sanitation workers felt sick in the aftermath, and one even died of a blood infection. But it didn't stop there. In four out of the last six years, the city has seen abnormal cloud bursts that its conventional stormwater system can't deal with. News from around the world is full of similar stories, and it's getting worse. Copenhagen is leading several cities around the world that are getting a redesign. As climate change is making rainfall less predictable and more intense. Some plans are brave, like designing playgrounds to flood. I went deep into the heart of Copenhagen to find out how exactly do you flood-proof a city of this scale. If I was here five years ago, this tree would not have been here. But instead, there may have been an SUV stuck in congested traffic. This square is one of around 300 spots in Copenhagen chosen for a makeover. It used to be a busy roundabout that has now become a wooded area in the middle of the city. It's one part of the plan to turn Copenhagen into a kind of giant sponge for the next hundred years after the devastating 2011 flood. It's here that I met Jan Rasmussen, the head of the city's cloud burst management plan, who told me that day was a real wake-up call. Politicians decided at that time there's really a need for getting the water out of the city very fast. They asked for a plan how mm -hmm. to do this in a clever way. Mm -hmm. Could we expand the sewer system, or could we do it in a more clever way? Maybe could we handle rainwater at the surface at the same time, uh, make it a synergy with the wish for a more green city, more biodiversity in city, more meet, meeting place in in the city. So Jan's team worked to turn this roundabout into what it calls a green component of the cloud burst management plan: invisible flood control in plain sight. That's a small pond mm -hmm. where we can store the rainwater. Mm -hmm. And if the water continues to to come and across the the road here, mm -hmm. we have other ponds, mm -hmm. which in the end is connected to the sea. These little linked ponds are being built all across the city to hold excess water from rainfall. But it's not just ponds. Some projects are smaller but still hold water, like green roofs. Less noticeable are widespread climate inlets that look like ordinary drains but bigger and in areas with a higher risk. All based on a map Jan's team devised of how the city is likely to flood in a cloudburst event. Much of the two billion or so euros given yeah. to the water department is going 20 meters underground into the backbone of the project, the tunnel. With this kind of dense urban area, yeah. you cannot solve the problem just with green solutions. This is Jess Clausen Kass, who works for the city water department on a giant tunneling project. You can do all sort of things on the surface, and all this you can remove maybe 30, 50 millimeters of rain. But if you're getting 150 or 200 millimeters of rain, you need a big system to really transport water away. There's no way water can get into the harbor without making a tunnel like this. Mm -hmm. The new tunnel network is three meters in diameter and runs for 18 kilometers across the city. The tunnels will carry water from the ponds and the roofs towards the harbor, but they serve another function for the rest of the year too. Water can be stored here instead of in the sewage system and slowly released into the harbor. That keeps the water quality in check, and so people in Copenhagen can swim in the harbor and the canal system through the year. And the tunnels step in again in a storm. 
we have a heavy storm where we start getting flooding in the streets, we just open it up and it can uh, transport all the water through the pumping station mm -hmm. uh, into the into the harbor. Okay. So it will simply empty the streets. There will still be water in the streets. I mean, it's not completely dry, but uh, we'll go from from half between half and one meter down to to ten centimeters, twenty okay. centimeters maximum. Mm -hmm. And how much water can this whole system deal with? The, the, the amount of water that can be transported in the system is determined by the pump station you have at the end. Mm -hmm. And the pump can deliver 20 cubic meter per second. Oh, wow. 20,000 liters per second or however you will express it. And as soon as you have, a, have a, a storm alert and you start getting water in the streets, it will start and it will just keep emptying. Many cities are in the process of measuring their own sponginess. Not every city has as much free space or is based near a coast. Some are much more dense and still developing. So many are calculating how to climate-proof themselves based on their own differing needs. Beijing, for example, has a water shortage problem and its design relies on retaining water. China is actually leading the world with over 60 of its over 600 cities planning a redesign. Zhangzhou City allocated nearly 800 million euros for the project over five years and has built green roofs and rain gardens, but it still struggled with flooding in 2021 because it's not easy. The Indian cities of Chennai, Mumbai and Kochi are working against yearly flooding during the monsoon and water shortages for the rest of the year. The second part is not a problem where I am. Copenhagen has a really high water table and so there's water everywhere. That's why I'm on a bus that's about I'm on my way to an old park in the center of the city called Enghavenparken that integrates both green and grey infrastructure. This park works on three levels. The first is a rose garden under which water from the surrounding areas is stored. This storage can also function as a water resource during dry period for the park to keep the, the park clean. If this storage tank is filled, we'll start filling the sports ground you see over here. This is at a lower level than everything else, so it can receive water easily and be filled up as soon as the water starts to overflow. When it could look like this. And then there's the wall. When there is a massive cloudburst, a wall comes up here to close off this compound and this thing behind me will turn into a giant basin that stores the water runoff. A few of the projects have been financed by taxpayer money, but most of the funding is linked to consumption through a levy on the water bill of homes and companies. And if the cost explodes too much, then we'll say, okay, we don't do it, but then there might be some more damages locally. Mm -hmm. And you inform the citizen that they have to protect their buildings. But even with this much investment, adaptation to changing rainfall can only go so far. Would this tunnel kind of be able to handle the worst case scenario in terms of flooding and storm water? You have to decide what kind, what size of storm, and there will always be a storm that is bigger. That's it. So it's a probability and there's a prediction of climate change and how often will this happen. Yeah. Um, but there's always will be a rainfall that could be even bigger. So, mm -hmm. so you never protected 100%, but it gives a certain protection from, from a certain probability and then you would lose so much. So your investment is compared to your risk of loss. And that's the size of investment we are making. Mm -hmm. That might sound like resigned pragmatism, but Copenhagen's been implementing its cloudburst management plan for more than 10 years. 
Other cities are no doubt watching very closely, weighing up the cost of investing now to lower the loss and damages climate change is likely to bring around the world.